and welcome to another edition of In the Ring with Dan and Benny. I'm Dan, joined by, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how's the uh, dating life going this week? Uh, you know, it's, it's like a roller coaster. So I, I was, I've kind of been putting it on hold. So I, I was outside on my front lawn, on my, my beach chair, drinking a glass of wine, reading my one of my rest, old wrestling magazines, chilling. And some woman walks by and said, boy, you're a nice looking guy. I'm thinking, like, wow, that, that, that's pretty, it sounds like it's got some promise there. And then she proceeded to walk into a mailbox. So I figured her eyesight wasn't that good. So I thought, you know, I just kept reading, reading my magazine. So I'll keep trying. Best, You got the best of luck with that stuff, Benny. <laughs> you know, so we're going to go over the uh, Rumble. And um, obviously last week we talked about our predictions. But before we get to that, before we talk about the big pay-per-view, we got another big event coming up. And I'm wondering, Benny, is your... What did you call it? The uh, mistake on the lake? Benny's mistake at the lake, also called La Momenta por la Polenta. So it's winner takes all for the Polenta. Uh, got a venue, which is uh, uh, Mike Miggett's uh, lake house. Um, and we have a tentative date of June 24th. I have, so I'm going to make look at my notes here. I got yeah, I got the got the venue, which is Miggett's mansion on the lake. I got Mike Miggett as a special guest referee. I figure you're you're on hand on behalf of uh, uh, um, in the ring with Dan and Benny, and I got a manager Nikita Breshnikov. I have a special card with Javier Oist, our our own and pro wrestling stories. Javier Oist, uh, special VIP Angelo Polenta chef is Luisa Denucci, who is Dominic's niece, and then uh, we have uh, Maureen Taranzo, who is the cannoli and cheesecake empress. Uh -oh. And uh, yeah, and the way she handles my cannoli. Um, wait, is this on? Hello, hello. <laughs> anyway, so we have everything except we have we're missing one thing, and here's what we're missing. I don't know if you can see it. We're missing Dominic. So Dominic, we're still waiting for you to accept the challenge. Can you see this? Uh, no, but there it is. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, this is what we're missing. We're missing Dominic to say yes. And, Dominic, you know, you can run, but you can't hide. But, actually, if you could run, you could hide because I can't really run. So, just wait, waiting on you, Dominic, and then we're all set. So, you're, you're, looking, at, uh, you're looking at challenging Dominic Danucci so to hopefully he can put a match in his eighth decade, correct? His eighth decade, right, exactly. Impressive. Now, obviously, like I said at the top of the hour here, uh, the, the, the first episode under our new intro banner and uh, wonderful artwork, uh, we talked about the Royal Rumble predictions, and uh, we're going to get into the results and our analysis of the show. This was the first big pay-per-view of the year, um, and obviously at the end we'll give a grade. We'll see how it goes. Now, I don't know if you caught everything, but the, uh, the first match on the card was actually on the pre-show. And that was the women's tag match. That was yes. Charlotte Flair and Asuka defending their tag titles against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Now, in that one, we both picked the, the challengers to win. We both predicted that the titles would change hands. We also both mentioned shenanigans on Ric Flair and uh, Lacey Evans' part, which there was. Uh, personally, uh, obviously, we saw the results. We were both right. Titles changed hands. Uh, Nia Jax, after some... Crazy shenanigans, including what appeared to be brass knuckles, pinning uh, 
Charlotte Flair. Personally, I thought it was serviceable for what they were doing. I think obviously the right, the right team won. Uh, like I said on the show, if you were to keep the titles on Oscar and, and Flair, you might as well retire them because neither was involved in a story involving the tag titles. Um, I'm also glad that they kept kind of the story going that that Charlotte and Lacey Evans, and then for uh, those that have caught up, I don't know if you've seen it yet. They had a challengers match on Raw, and Charlotte Flair just straight walked off to go confront Lacey, leaving Oscar to take the fall. So um, clearly that team is now dissolved. So yeah, I think um, I gave it a three and a half stars uh, in my notes here, and I think the right team won. What do you got? I, I maybe not three and a half stars, but it, it the match did what it had to do. I mean, you obviously had to take the titles off uh, Charlotte and Oscar. Uh, it made no sense to keep keep the titles on them. Charlotte's going to advance our storyline with Lacey. Now, Asuka, at first, I thought, well, she's going to going to uh, advance her storyline with Alexa Bliss. But then something happened that we can catch, you know, we can catch up with later on uh, during the the women's rumble that maybe you know led me to believe that maybe that's not what's going to happen right down the road. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I very clearly, you know, there's there's something happening with you know with Charlotte and uh, Lacey Evans, and that that you know, like I said, the match did what it, what it needed to do. Yes, and we'll get to, uh, like you said, we'll get to the Wins Rumble. And I want to correct myself. I said three and a half. I meant two and a half stars. And there is one note. The only uh, complaint I had was there was a spot. Charlotte hit a uh, double um, a double natural selection, that flipping move. And yes. Nia was in position. Shayna was clearly not. And she, on all fours, kind of hurried across the ring. Right. It was it was, it was was okay to salvage it, but you and I have talked on this show before. It's it's when it, it can get a little rough when it's obvious that you're setting up for a spot. Right. So um, obviously at the end of the uh, pre-show, we go on to the main card and surprisingly the first match on the main card was for the WWE title. Uh, Drew McIntyre defending against Goldberg. And this is was the first match in our analysis that we differed. Um, I predicted the title was going to stay with McIntyre. You called it to stay with Goldberg. The match, uh, I'm just going to read you. I made two notes. I said short spot fest, terrible but fun. Those were my two notes. And this was, uh, it actually reminded me of the old wrestling games where you could build up your, uh, what they called special special moves or finishers. Because that's literally what this match was. It was a headbutt, some brawling outside the ring, spears, jackhammers, claymores, and that was it. There was the only moves hit once the bell rang were finishers and set up for the finisher. Spears, jackhammer, which by the way, I give Goldberg credit. He, uh, he, he didn't kill Drew. That was uh, not exactly a pretty jackhammer, but better than the last two that he's landed on in his matches. So uh, what do you think, Benny? I said uh, McIntyre. Uh, I called it to win. He, they kept the title on him. There was that handshake afterwards, and they're building up his path, and we'll get to where we think that's going later. Uh, my two notes, like I said, short spot fest, terrible but fun. What were your thoughts? I got a bunch of notes on this one, probably more on this one than I had on anything else. First of all, I guess the match itself only lasted two minutes and 33 seconds. The actual from bell to bell. Now, from, you know, when the, the, the headbutt to the end of the match was three minutes and 47 seconds. My, my notes are that Drew, actually, when he came out, they're really building him as a champion. He looks like a champion. They're really pushing him as a champion. I think they're invested in him for the long term. And I think that's right. a good move because I think that's that he really does. He, it, it's it's a long time in coming, but I think he really is a he's a good champion. Goldberg, go ahead. 
I was going to say that's a point I made last time on um, the last episode was they're booking him. He is the strongest looking champion I've seen in years. Yeah. I think since one of the serious non storyline driven Cena runs, I mean, he's booked to look strong. He's booked to look smart. He, he's got the look, the charisma he built, walks like a champion, acts like Absolutely. a champion. This is, this is a guy who I believe when I watch him, I believe he's the best wrestler they've got right now. He's, I- Absolutely. I can invest in, in him as a champion. I can watch him every week. I, you know, I, I could definitely invest myself in him. Now, Goldberg, he looked, he looked good, but I thought he was already blown up by the, the entrance. Yeah, he, it did. See, he seemed winded before the match started. Right, exactly. So, you know, my, my notes say that uh, I got, you know, the, like the 12 days of Christmas. I got four spears, two claymores, one mediocre, one mediocre jackhammer. And no partridges, no partridges in the pantry, and pretty much no wrestling. Um, the other notes I have here is that uh, you know, at 55 years old, the only ways a man should get beat is by going to a hooker or a dominatrix. <laughs> uh, you know, and then I, I have this other note here that this match did defy the law of uh, it defies the law of physics because it both blew and sucked at the same time. If Nancy Kerrigan was sitting in the audience, she'd be sitting there saying, "Why, why?" crying. But Man. um, you know, and what was what Terrible. was the point? What was the point of that though, really? What I don't really, I don't think it really did anything for Drew. Drew's Drew's beating a 55-year-old man. Um, you know, and, and Goldberg if he's a part-timer, are they going to just have him lose every so often? Is that what's what they're going to do with him? Well, I mean, you have to realize other Goldberg lost the title to Lesnar at last year's WrestleMania. Or excuse me, not Lesnar, uh, Braun Strowman. Last year's WrestleMania, after having taken it from the Fiend, he lost to the Undertaker in the match that history will hope hopes we all forget in Saudi Arabia. And he had the match against Kevin Owens the year before, where he lost the title at WrestleMania to Goldberg or to Lesnar. And um, it's, I, I think honestly, watching the match, the bam, 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 spot fest, spot fest, move, move, move. I even didn't give it a rating because it wasn't really a match. It was just a few finishers and a fight. Yeah. Um, but I think what they did was they kind of wanted to sow the seed of doubt in the fans, thinking Goldberg might actually win this. So when when McIntyre beat him clean and in relatively dominant fashion, that it made it look okay. Now we can get behind McIntyre. We kind of checked that box. You know, he beat the uh, beat the old veteran, and uh, it'd be interesting to see because as we'll talk about here at the end with the men's rumble. There's, uh, they still have a few months to build his mania opponent, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, following that, they had some uh, build up, and then the fun, the next match, which had a great package video package, by the way, uh, was Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Title against Carmella. Now I had a couple of notes here, and I think it's important that this particular match of all that I've seen her in, I think this was Carmella's best match since she's. I really, I would say since she broke off from Enzo and Cass, where she kind of, you get to see that she's actually talented and some of her gimmick is what was holding her back. And I also think she really came into her own with this character that she has this, this rich red, you know, she's got a sommelier. She's got the champagne. It almost makes me wonder if this character that we're seeing is what they would have done with Ava Marie if she had stayed in the business. That's a, uh, that's seems a really like the, good point. I never thought of that. That's yeah, that, that yeah. to me that reminds me of this is what they would have done with it. And I think 
no offense to, to Ava Marie, but I think Carmella's done great with it. Uh, match had a good flow. There were a couple of good spots uh, with, <clears throat> excuse me, where um, obviously you had Carmella going over the ring. You had Reginald's involvement, and then he got ejected after Sasha knocked him over. Uh, the whole match was just a good flow. It told a good story. Carmella was dominant, definitely doing what she needed, but she couldn't quite get over the hump. And Sasha was just kind of clawing her way back to the top the whole match. I think it tells the story of not really the underdog champion, but this the fighting champions. You know, she was Sasha was kicking out of everything, getting out of the submissions. She was almost reminded me of a uh, of of like a Daniel Bryan type, where it's not you're not going to be dominant, but you're going to constantly fight, and 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 it really painted her at least in this match. I think it gave Sasha that look that. She's a, a fighting champion, so whoever she ends up with at Mania will uh, could be a great match. And that's assuming, obviously, she keeps the title. Um, I, I And the biggest note I had is Carmella, like I said, she looked good, but she was angry. She couldn't quite get over that hump, and I think she did a great job with that. I gave this – this was the match I gave three and a half stars. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the match. Um, my biggest issue was uh, who was the heel here because – I mean, obviously, you had Carmella trash talking during the match, but then in the the pre-match interview with Kayla, I guess Sasha came across very heelish to me. Right. So I, I as as somebody who really hasn't watched a whole lot lately, who just got kind of got back into it, I didn't really know who the who the sympathetic figure was. But like you said, during the match, mm-hmm. I kind of fa- gravitated towards you know cheering for Sasha because she right. seemed like she was fighting underneath. Well, and that's I think this match is a good personification of something that's come up on the show before. And that's that, that narrative that uh, there's a, there's a, they really blur the lines sometimes between faces and heels and the, uh, you know, the, the running joke that everybody has to be a tweener. I mean, Sasha Banks, her persona, her move set, the way she wrestles and carries herself plays so well to a heel. But in this particular instance, she's the baby face. She's not right. going to be, your Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, California Sting, white meat baby face that everybody. Gets I don't behind. think that does that even exist anymore. Really, I mean, not in, really. With, with, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe your your John Cena, um, American Dragon, Daniel Bryan, but I don't. I don't really think. I mean, even even some of the other companies like AEW and. You know, NWA and some of these where they're they're supposed to be more sports based and real based. They don't have that clear cut either. Um, but yeah, I gave it. I like I said I gave it a three three and a half. I thought it was a very serviceable match. Uh, I think that this was significantly better both in quality and storytelling than the the women's tag match on the pre show. Agreed. Which I think that shows, even though I, no disrespect to Asuka, I think right now the SmackDown women's title is the more prominent of the two belts. It's it's involved been involved in more stories. It's been involved in better matches, and it's not necessarily a prop. Asuka didn't did her being the, the Raw Women's Champion going into this show was meaningless because right. she was in a tag feud. There was no real buildup. Yes, you had the bit with Alexa Bliss, but Alexa Bliss wasn't involved in the tag match, so it really kind of felt like it meant nothing. I think this shows that SmackDown again, like I mentioned last show, SmackDown is the wrestling show and SmackDown's proving why, because you're the ratings man, Benny SmackDown's kicking Raw's ass and stuff like this is why. Yeah. You know, I looked for the ratings for raw, uh, 
for yesterday. I didn't I didn't see them yet. I'm very curious to see what they're going to be. Yeah. For last night. Yeah, because I mean, usually they always get bumps after big pay-per-views like this, especially, and we'll get into the men's and women's, like where that's gonna come from. So we'll see. Um I think, yeah, and then one of the highlights of the night here, following this match, they had a backstage segment with a reunited New Day. Because remember, the uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi were drafted to Raw. Big E stayed on SmackDown as a single star. And I think they hyped up a big, uh, you know, it was nice to see the three of them back together. The stuff with Sami Zayn, always funny. Um, they, had, they were all wearing Brody Lee-inspired gear, which I think is awesome. I really and enjoyed that. Yes, I, I think it's it's a nice touch that the company let that happen. Yes, even the a big, and 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 part of it too is it, the stories that have come out. Um, when when Brody was sick at the end, he uh, and you know he the his widow recently did an interview where she kind of spilled some more details, uh, explained some more details on it, and in it. Big E was one of the wrestlers that met with Brody's son to kind of explain to him what was going to happen. And he was part of that group because Big E was mentioned as his son's favorite wrestler, a legit friend of the family. So, I mean, again, Brody Lee, how many stories came out about how good of a guy he was. And I think the fact that the company let that happen, because, I mean, think about Monday Night Wars. I mean, uh, WCW was was uh had to be talked into acknowledging Gorilla Monsoon's death. Um you imagine if you know something were to have happened to say Ric Flair, the that you know Monday Night Raw wouldn't have even acknowledged it, or certainly not in a segment like that. So I think it's nice to show that sometimes you can bridge the competitive gap. It was a fun segment. What what I heard was that if Bobby Heenan wasn't on WCW, it never would have got mentioned. Right. And, and only because Bobby was so close to Gorilla and he insisted that he pay tribute. Right. And he was legit very emotional. Um, yes. And now I think, and this is, this is good. Usually backstage segments during pay-per-views feel like filler. This didn't. It felt, it felt like a nice setup. It obviously the, the Sami Zayn, Big E feud continuing and the New Day's involvement in the Rumble, which speaking of Rumbles led to the, uh, the first of two, the next one was the women's match. Now, I have some notes to go over here. We're going to kind of touch and go. We'll, we'll go over the whole match. But the um, th- I think the, the big thing, the first two important notes is Bailey, who was a lot of people's pick to win, came out first. And number two was Naomi, who had been, hadn't been on TV for quite some time, seeing her back. And then number three was Bianca Belair, who was a lot not another popular pick to win. And you had just a good, I mean, it's rare to see one, two, three be talent that's going to go uh, the long haul and carry the rumble. Um, now, something I, I want to point out, and I disagree with me or not, uh, number four was Billy Kay. And if you remember, Billy Kay went to commentary. She had her her gimmick of trying to be accepted into a tag team with her, you know, her pictures. I honestly, one of my notes, she was the MVP of the first third of the rumble with approaching people uh, as they were coming down the ring. And some of the comments she made on commentary, I thought it was, I thought it was very, she was very entertaining. I would totally agree with you on that. Uh, Obviously, you know, and then you started getting your NXT call-ups Shotzi Blackheart coming out. Number five, which was, uh, I I don't know if that's really a call-up or just an intro. Obviously her tank, always fun to see that, that, um, 
that intro. And then you started getting some of your some of your NXT names and some of your returns uh, in the following handful of, of people. You had Tony Storm from NXT come out. You had Jillian Hall, who I, you, if you had asked me a hundred names of who would have returned, I would not have picked Rumble, Jillian Hall. I would ne- She would have been 101. I wouldn't have ever thought that it was fun to see her. The, the singing gimmick, her little bit with Billy Kay, I thought was great. Uh, and then Ruby Wright and Victoria return, who, by the way, still looked amazing, both physically she really and did. her I was talent. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So so at that, at that point, you're you're a third of the way through. What do you think, Benny? First third of the Rumble. Well, I have some notes. So uh, one of the <laughs> one of the comments they had was Dana Brooke was holding her own. So I was kind of hoping they'd zoom into Dana Brooke to see what she was holding. Um, it, <laughs> And then uh, one of the things I, I wrote down is they, they said uh, uh, Alicia Fox, another legend. And that, like, really, Alicia Fox? I mean, I don't equate Alicia Fox and a legend in the same sentence. But one of the amusing things was that she won the 24-7 title from R-Truth. I thought yeah. that bit was so funny. I just yeah, cracked I, up. You know, a lot of people hate on it. I actually think the 24-7 shenanigans can be great. R-Truth is one of the most entertaining people on the roster, period. The whole gaggle of jobbers and no-name guy or mid low-mid-card guys chasing them, I think, can get a little silly. But you and I agree on that one. Uh, Alicia Fox has been a good talent, and there was a period where she was the longest-tenured female on the roster, but... My note says the same thing. A legend. They're really scraping the barrel of that definition. I have this thing, maybe because I'm a little bit older, and like to me, like Bruno San Martino is a legend. So I think that the, the the use of the word uh, legend has become way too liberal lately. And there, yeah. that's a perfect example. I mean, she's solid. I mean, she's like you said, she's you know she's been there forever. She's done some good work. But I I just don't agree with the the, the word legend. But I did think that you know her winning the the twenty four seven was very very entertaining. Well, it's important to note for all the statisticians out there, uh, Alicia Fox's 24-7 title run lasted exactly two minutes and five seconds. I have 205. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, Now, I have a couple of notes around this time, and and it's one of the things that that really got me. It happened back-to-back, and that was, uh, obviously, they they had Rhea Ripley come in at 14, which... That appears to be her call up because she's they definitely talked about her as if she's going to be a mainstay on the main show. But number 17, Tori Wilson, another another good legend comeback. But I had back to back moments that made me question. First was Peyton Royce getting eliminated. I, I Peyton Royce's elimination almost looked botched to me. Not that she wasn't supposed to get eliminated, but it may not have the way she kind of dragged her foot. Like it almost looked like they were going to do more to the elimination. Like she was going to have one foot on the apron and then kick it off. And she kind of fell and her look of damn it kind of seemed more genuine. Um, And then while they were filming that spot, Bailey, who is one of the biggest female stars you have on the roster gets eliminated off camera. They have to, they have to replay and go back and the announcers completely missed it. And I think that's a huge wasted spot to have such a big name eliminated from the Rumble and no one notice. Well, and especially somebody that many people thought was going to win. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, you had a couple of good um, good notes here. Uh, Carmella's elimination spot I thought was great with the Reginald catching her twice. And then um, Tamina, you know, him having to put her down so he could eat that super kick and accidentally eliminating her by doing that. 
I, I found that out that uh, I did a little bit of research. I guess Reginald is from Cirque du Soleil. I did not know that, but now now I do. That's where they they found him. The uh, Somalian Somalier. Yes. Now, <clears throat> I'm curious because we talked about it earlier. My pick to win in our prediction show was Alexa Bliss. I thought they that's what they were building up to. Right. She comes out to her funhouse appearance. Now they've been doing bits on TV. They did some more on Raw last night um, where she transforms in the ring between the goddess and her, which was her old character. And then obviously evil uh, fiend Alexa bliss. But during as, as they were kind of building up the transformation spot, Rhea Ripley just, I ain't got time for this shit dumped her over. Now I'm torn on whether that was a great booking because now you can kind of interject Rhea Ripley into that feud, or if that was a completely wasted spot. What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, I was kind of surprised to see that, because in my line, I'm, I'm trying to follow the playbook here. You know, Asuka and Charlotte Flair lose the titles, because you know, Charlotte's going to continue her storyline with um, with Lacey Evans, and then uh, Asuka and, and Alexa Bliss... So when I saw that, I thought, well, now that doesn't make any sense because now you have, you know, th- this has to mean something that that Rhea Ripley's eliminating Alexa Bliss. So now right. what do you do? See, and, and and I thought that that was I'm like, okay, you're building that up, but on Raw on yes last night's Raw, Alexa had a match with Nikki Cross, who was her former tag partner before she turned fiendish evil and became the character she is now, and that that involved some transforming and then she was involved in the finale or excuse me the the main event uh no mention of her elimination no involvement with Rhea it it just kind of felt like they were sacrificing that moment to make Rhea look a little stronger and I think maybe there's someone else she could have done that spot with but I'm not complaining uh I thought overall all in all it was good um uh, something that, that did surprise me when you started having some dominance by the tag champs, both in the Rumble, doing double duty that night, Nia Jax and uh, Shayna Baszler, clearing house, obviously. Uh, Lana, then the the television return of Lana. Now, remember, Lana was supposed to be in the tag match with Asuka. Charlotte Flair was the surprise replacement. Um, Lana went through that long stretch of constantly getting put through tables and beat up. Uh, she came out. I couldn't tell whether she was supposed to be more serious or whether it was kind of a uh, jitters, but it definitely seemed like they were building her up as more of a serious, like now's yeah. the time to get her revenge. And she did eliminating Nia Jax. Great moment. Uh, actually ended up top five. But then here you go, Benny. We get to the final four. You got Rhea Ripley, uh, Bianca Belair, Charlotte, and Natalia, who had come out at 30 in the match in gold gear. Uh, so you see those final four in the ring. What were your thoughts? Well, right away I knew that that it wasn't going to be Natalia, so I eliminate her. I didn't think that. I mean, Rhea Ripley. I figured that you know she got her. I think six eliminations. So I thought like that's enough for her. She's not going to win either. So then it's Charlotte or uh, you know Charlotte or Bianca, and I like I had picked Bianca to win. Mm. So I, I thought, like, she's gotten this far. They're not going to bring her this far to have her lose. So that's right. why you know, I really, at that point, I thought, well, I picked that one right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one entirely. I had picked, if you remember, uh, like I said, I picked Alexa. I said if I was to pick a dark horse, 
I would say they're going to call Rhea Ripley up. But when I saw the final four, I I, I made my notes. I said Bianca's Belair is going to win. Like that was right. clear, clear, clear the notes there. Um, obviously, Natalia was out. They did have a good exchange where Bianca and uh, Rhea Ripley eliminated Charlotte together, which I thought was kind of a nice moment of let's get get out with the old. And now the two new ones are going to fight. However, the internet in all their glory of wrestling fans have pointed out that it certainly appears that the ending of this match was at least botched, if not um, very, very bad, poorly shot in the final moments, the Rhea and Bianca Belair go over the top rope together. They're both dangling. They have that moment where they sit on the apron and they kind of look at each other, look same time. Let's get back in the ring. Let's finish this. In that moment, Bianca Belair's right foot appears to touch the floor. If just, just momentarily. And while she's kicking her left foot noticeably, uh, I use the example when we were talking before the show of the, the NFL highlight reels of the receiver dragging her toe, dragging his toes, her left foot noticeably catches and drags not same time, but in that spot, both her feet touch the ground. Right. I'm waiting for SmackDown to see if they do a, uh, uh, if they acknowledge it like they did with The Rock and The Big Show back in, I believe that was 2000, 2001, um, where The Rock's feet touched, which was not supposed to happen, and they built a story around it. Be interesting to see. But after a great exchange, Bianca Belair wins uh, 56-49. I thought it was a great rumble. It was certainly better than the women's rumble last year. And I think you had, honestly, you have the right person win it. And the star, if not Bianca Belair winning, the star you made in that match was bringing Rhea Ripley back to the main stage. And I think you've got, you've got number one and two right there for the future of the women's division. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, I really enjoyed that match. I mean, of all the matches, actually, I, I think I enjoyed that one the most. Yeah, I, I, I gave it a, I gave it four out of five stars on my notes here. Um, now, I, th- it did have – it was not a five-star match, in my opinion, because there were two things that stuck, uh, stuck out for me. One was the, the botched finish, and the, um, there were a couple of moments that, that like I pointed out, with uh, missing Becky uh, – missing um, – Bailey's elimination with uh, Peyton Royce's elimination looking off. I, I think there were some moments where it didn't quite feel like it was hundred percent. And the other thing was there was a lot of spots in the match. There were clearly moments where the female competitors were rolling under the bottom rope to get out of the way. So two people could have their moments and it's nothing against the competitors. But if you watch the old rumbles uh, going back through the eighties and nineties, my personal opinion, Ric Flair winning the WWE title or WWF title, uh, 1992 to this day, still the best rumble. But during those matches, everybody was constantly fighting. It seems today more and more you have, everybody will go down and somebody will come out and do all their spots and then they'll go down and the next person. And in the case of the women's rumble, it's not just going down. Women were leaving the ring, rolling out of the bottom rope, catch their breath, whatever. It, it kind of took away a little bit of the flow of the fight, but I still thought four out of five. I still thought I, it was great. I same thing. I thought like it just lacked a little bit, a little bit of fluidity. It just mm-hmm. it was kind of stilted. It it wasn't continuous action. You know, they, they, somebody would come in, they'd get their shit in for about forty three seconds. They'd be invincible. Then they'd get beat down. And then right at that, you know, when you saw like five seconds left, every, it seemed like everybody kind of froze. 
Like nothing was right. going to happen in that last 10 seconds. So I, I just did that. I mean, that part I agree with you on, but I mean, other overall, though, I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and I think on the, on the previous show, I mentioned that the Royal rumble is the time of year when you can hit the reset button or start laying the foundation, no matter how bad the previous year was, or the pre, no matter how bad the previous months were, here is an entire new slate of matches, storylines, buildups. We can push people. We can uh, not push people. You introduced some NXT stars that now look great. You can probably expect your Tony Storms, Shotzi Blackheart to see them coming up. I think it did a great job building the stars. I think the right person won. Uh, and having having the match end the way it did with the symbolic knocking Charlotte off, I think is a good way of kind of keeping her out of the out of the title picture, which some fans have complained that she feels too involved, but yeah, you got the right person won, and it was a great match. I did have, and we we talked about this before we got on the air is I have a note and it's, and you had something similar. I have Bianca Belair, her promo after the match was as bad as her performance in the match was good. I just, I, I mean, she, she was emotional, but I was waiting for the tears. I didn't it, see any tears. Yeah. I, I I said that um her her promo was was great for what it was supposed to be. Um, my note read that I wish she was as good at, at crying as she was at wrestling. Right. Um, yeah. not that I not that I didn't feel emotion from her from her promo, but it was obvious that she was trying to 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 build tears and wasn't getting them. I right. think yeah. If she had just cut the same promo without trying to making it so obvious that it looked like she was trying to cry, I think it would have been so much better. I agree. So um, we're about halfway through the show. we got a couple of matches left, Benny. Before we continue, why don't you give a, a special Royal Rumble shout-out to uh, this week's sponsor? Actually, it's a Groundhog Day uh, shout-out. Groundhog Day? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Today is February 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. Is the winter over? Can your grapefruits come out to play? You want to give that special someone a very nice thrill? When you unravel, you're a punxatawney fill. Sunshines are coming. So when you pull back the, the drapes, there best be no moss covering those grapes. Go to manscaped.com to your package. Pay homage because no lady wants a ball sack with fromage. <laughs> <laughs> Get that lawnmower 3.0. Don't be alone. Woman will be in line to make a call on your bona phone. Oh no! So go to so go, is this thing still on. Hello. So go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Wrestling Future to get a generous 20% discount. Once again, that is Wrestling Future. So remember, with Manscaped 3.0, she'll say thanks a bunch as she prepares to feast on a hearty sack lunch. The end. <laughs> That's right, Benny. Manscaped.com. Promo code Wrestling Future for 20% off. It's Groundhog Day. Manscaped.com guarantee you six more weeks of clean shaved man parts. Now, moving on to a uh, the next bit that happened was another, maybe you can call it a backstage segment. And I thought it was incredible for what it was, but a lot of people seem to be upset about it. They had a Legends panel, as they always do. And in the process, uh, Pete Rosenberg, sports commentator and guest of the night, tricks our truth into thinking he found John Cena. 
and pins him with a horrible looking pin after a pretty decent looking low blow to become the new 24 seven champion. Now, the reason I think this is great is for two reasons. One, the, the reaction of the panel, no, uh, especially JBL special shout out to his facial expressions where they portrayed both a holy shit. What just happened moment combined with what the L what the F is wrong with this company. Look at who's wearing a championship right now. It was a combination of surprise and disgust that I thought was amazing. But the, the part that caught me the most Corey Graves seeing when referencing Peter Rosenberg being 24 seven champion name drop David Arquette saying that David Arquette is out of the clear. He is no longer the worst celebrity champion wrestling has ever had. Yeah. I thought that was a phenomenal shout back. Perfect. Yes. Yes, sir. And, and that's, I made a note actually shortly after he said that at some point, a few months ago, Corey Graves decided he was going to actually start being a commentator and not be a douche on the microphone. You know what? I had that. I had that exact same. I said Corey Graves is is trying to be a commentator and not an asshole. There you go. Yeah, I called him a douche. But when he commentates, like legit commentates, he is phenomenal. He's very good. Yeah, I wish he would do more of that. That the David Arquette comment and some of the passing references. it's just it's it's great to see that they're putting more of an emphasis on good commentary. And I thought the commentary for this show, for the most part, was really good because that's been one of my biggest complaints of the WWE product over the last few years is just how terrible commentary has been. One of the reasons NXT's received so much praise over the last few years is their quality of commentary. But yeah, so you had there there was your uh, another title change on the card. Peter Rosenberg, twenty four seven champ. So, so he's still he's still the champ then, right? Uh, no, no, our truth won it back from him on his show later, later this week or earlier this week. Okay. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought that was a great moment. Obviously, again, our truth is, is always funny. Um, but that moves, you move from that lighthearted moment to the most serious feud of the night. Your, your universal title is on the line with, uh, Roman Reigns defending against Kevin Owens. Now in this in this match, we both predicted Roman Reigns uh, to retain. He did. This was a last man standing match, which I personally thought was great. It was hard fighting. It was hard hitting. It definitely felt like a fight. And the com- more importantly than that, the announcers sold it like a fight. Right. I genuinely, you know, you close your eyes and use your imagination. You genuinely believe you're watching two men try and kill each other. They weren't talking about the Sprite sponsors are hyping up WrestleMania. They talked about it like they were like a fight. They were surprised. They acted shocked. Uh, I think you had some great moments. They explored the space going up a couple of tiers on the, um, uh, excuse me, on the Thunderdome. Uh, Roman Reigns out of nowhere, running Kevin Owens over with a golf cart. Golf cart, yeah. Was, that was a great spot. Um, the forklift senton, the senton, I thought was a great yes. spot. Um, now, Unfortunately, as you get to the end of the match is when the quality dips slightly Just and the immersion is broken because there's a spot. Kevin uh, Roman Reigns brings out handcuffs. Obviously, they've been they've played a part in the previous feud um, or in the, in the earlier parts of the feud. The the cage match. Kevin Owens was handcuffed to the cage, unable to get out. Roman Reigns won dirty underhanded tactics. Kevin Owens gets a hold of the handcuffs. 
beats Roman Reigns with the handcuffs, handcuffs him to the bottom of what looks like some kind of lighting rig, and Roman Reigns can't get up. One, two, ref gets to nine. Roman Reigns grabs the ref, pulls him in to the, to the piece of the lighting rig, knocks him out cold. Which So far, so good. <laughs> shitty, but a great heel move. Holy crap, yeah. I'm invested. Then a second ref comes out, and this is where it really goes off the rails because the ref uh, starts to make the count. Paul Heyman comes out with the key to get the handcuffs open. I don't know whether Paul Heyman had brought the wrong key, whether it bent or broke, or he was just nervous and couldn't get it done, but they couldn't get the handcuffs open. Unfortunately, the official, not knowing what to do, just stopped counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then he just stops and the ref kind of walks off camera. There's there's awkward silence. Takes the announcers a moment to start kind of explain away what had happened. Uh, they try and, and explain that uh, the squatting position Roman Reigns was in at the time, the ref considered that a vertical base. Vertical base. Which, yeah. Um, the problem is that there is an entire minute, it's actually 61 seconds, from when when the ref stops counting to when Roman Reigns is on his feet. In a match where you're supposed to meet the 10 count, it looked awful. Yeah. And the entire time this is happening, Kevin Owens is just standing off to the side like a moron, watching Roman Reigns struggle to get the handcuffs off, not not hitting him, doing anything, just kind of yeah, standing there. get a chair there. and whack him a few times. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then Roman Reigns gets up, they scrap, he gets at Owens in the guillotine, chokes him out, wins the match. So now, here was a great match, great moment, completely botched ending. Your ref looks stupid. Your moment looks stupid. Kevin Owens, who looked strong up to this point, is now looks like an idiot because he stood there for uh, what would amount to over a minute and watched Roman Reigns stand up and then attack him instead of trying to kill this guy that had threatened your family. And it just, it was, the ending was awful. Um, you have a guy, you, 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 you know, handcuffed him to something. So you, you, you affected what you wanted to do and the guy's stuck. So now you're going to just let the guy off the hook until he gets up. Exactly. I, my, my final notes were four. I, I gave the match four stars, one star ending. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I gave it a B with uh, three stars. I mean, it would have been four and a half stars with an A if they hadn't messed the ending up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If they had gotten Roman Reigns to pull the ref and then Paul Heyman gets, gets him out of the handcuffs at nine, maybe Kevin Owens can can sell a little bit of a rib injury or something. You could scrap, choke him out. Great. But the fact that it was a minute, 61 seconds, according to my timer, between the ref stopping for no reason at six and, and Roman Reigns back to his feet, it, you just, you, you killed it. it and that's a that long 61 kind of, seconds. That was the kind of botch that ruins matches. Yeah. This isn't, you know, somebody losing their footing and having to recover or an injury that you, you work around. This was something bad happened. They had no contingency plan. They right. had nothing in place. What are we going to do if we can't get these handcuffs open fast enough? The ref had no idea what to do, so he just stopped and walked away, basically. Paul Heyman, in all his professionalism, did everything he could to get those handcuffs off. Also, Roman Reigns, to his 
criticism. He didn't exactly act like it was any urgency to stand up because he kind of, the refs stopped counting. We just got to get these handcuffs off. He right. didn't struggle or attempt to grab at the referee again. I think, again, I, I or you, you, make some attempt to stand up. Exactly. And you can only, you can only judge from the outside looking in, but this is the kind of botch that ruins moments. Now it didn't hurt the card. I still thought it was a great show, but it's a shame that what is probably the end of the Owens Reigns feud, which is arguably the best feud they've had in a while. Heel Reigns is the best character WWE's produced in months. Uh, for it to end on such a whimper is, is kind of shitty. Kind of like taking a multiple choice final exam, getting the first, you know, out of 50 questions, getting the first 40 right, and then getting getting like nine out of the last 10 wrong. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, you went from what could have been an A to maybe You were a acing B-. it. Now, you you know, you, you, yeah, you still have a B, but you really, you know, you're well on your way for an A+. For an a plus. Exactly. I, I would, this would have been four and a half stars easy if, if they... If they don't botch that ending. And right. that's a sh- But um, following this match, they clean up and they get to the main event of the evening, the men's rumble, which is the one everybody's been looking forward to. Uh, WWE, I think, dropped the ball here with the intro. Um, numbers one and two were Edge and Randy Orton. Edge coming out one, Randy Orton coming out at number two. Great moment because of their history. However, I, I remarked that I think they dropped the ball because – the WWE announced ahead of time that they were with the one and two. So fans that follow social media and follow the backstage shows knew going into this event, they were going to be one and two. Now I intentionally avoided those specials because I wanted to be surprised. Um, but social media being what it is, somebody ruined it for me, but I think you, maybe you want to hope to get some extra eyes. I think it would have been a better moment um, to have them even so great. Number one and two, because of their history and their buildup. Uh, and they had another match last night on Raw. Just great chemistry between those two. Uh, so you, you have your typical Rumble. Uh, the next next thing of note for me, number eight, was Carlito. A jacked, holy crap, swole That's Carlito. That's exactly what I said. Like, hey, is that really Carlito? Holy crap. Uh, my, my, uh, my exact note was jacked, dot, 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 damn, I Ron Simmons to my notes there. Right. And I guess it, it, dude's been working out. Um, according to the backstage sheets, he's going to have a part-time schedule for a little bit. Uh, might be phasing into a producer job. Who knows? But uh, Carly, they do expect Carlito on and off uh, appearances slash television for the, for the short future. Um, at this moment two around this time, edge and Orton are fighting on the outside. Edge puts Orton uh, down beats him up, chair, shreds his knee pad. Uh, they play out. Orton's escorted out. He's injured. This, I made a note here. This Now, mind you, this was this was between numbers eight and nine of a 30-man rumble. And I made a note uh, that Randy Orton will be back uh, at the end of the match. Well, you knew I mean, he was going to be. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was and I actually easy. wrote, now, now, mind you, not knowing how this was going to end, I wrote edge question mark. So I assumed Randy Orton was going to come back after the 30 men were in the ring and go after edge, which is, you know, spoilers, exactly what happened. Um, the, the next note I have ricochet comes out number 12. He does the infamous that I've criticized several times on the show, the jumping into the crowd spot, 
where the wrestlers all kind of drop what they're doing to to form a crowd around each other so they can create a human crash pad. I've always hated those moments because they look scripted and fake. I mean, I'm trying to throw you over the top rope. Why am I going to lightly start punching you in the middle of the ring in a crowd? Because we know Ricochet is about to jump on us. Uh, now, so at this point, we're about a third of the way through. What were your thoughts about a third of the way into the Rumble? I'm, I'm thinking so far, so good. I mean, okay. and, and um, you know, I was, uh, like you said, with Carlito, it's like, wow. I just, I, when when I saw him, it's like, that can't be Carlito. That's not the Carlito. that. I, when was the last time he was even in the WWE? It had to be a, at least 10 years. I, you know, I, I wish I had made that note because they mentioned it. But I think it was, it was, I don't think it was 10 years, maybe seven or eight. I'd have to look that up. I wish I had made that note, but yeah, it has been a long time. And if you remember, Carlito was advertised for the Legends show a couple weeks back, but couldn't make it due to travel, travel issues. So it was nice to see him. Um, I thought his whole thing with Shinsuke and the Apple was great, but yeah, Jack's Carlito looking great. And I'd like to see him more. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and if he can still go, why not? Sure. You know, why not? Uh, number 14 was Damian Priest, which is an official call-up. He's officially a Raw superstar now. Um, and leading to this moment, you had The Miz, who came out and smashed up Bad Bunny uh, DJ equipment. Now, if you notice, Benny, I intentionally, in my review of this show, skipped that segment. I was waiting for that. I was thinking, like, why no. did you skip that? No, I skipped it on purpose. Um I I take nothing away from people that enjoy his style of music. Uh, apparently, he has an entire song about Booker T, Booker which T. is great for Booker T. Um, I I don't know who I had to uh, before the the commercial advertising Bad Bunny's appearance on the Royal Rumble. I'd never heard of him. Nope. Uh, you put a gun in my head. I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. Same here. Apparently, he's involved in a spot now with the Miz. They had the backstage segment where the Miz offered to have him join the Miz brand. Bad Bunny told him no. I did like that exchange where Miz was trash-talking Booker T, and Booker T was behind him. And he, uh, the whole, tell me you did not just say that. Uh, but that led to a moment where Damian Priest eliminates both the Miz and John Morrison, followed by Bad Bunny jumping off the top rope onto Miz and Morrison. Now, I'm usually not a big fan of celebrities getting involved, especially celebrities without an athletic background. I can understand a Stephen Amell. I can understand a, uh, a Floyd Mayweather, somebody like that who has a fighting background. I don't know if maybe Bad Bunny does have some kind of history in athletics. However, uh, considering the last time I saw a celebrity jump off the top rope was Snoop Dogg, the worst, holy crap, worst off the top rope move I have ever seen in my life. Um, even to the point where Sasha Banks tweeted at him that he needs to work on that. Bad Bunny's jump was crisp. Uh, Miz and Morrison did their job catching him. They made him look strong. As always, they're going to job to the celebrities. Um, it certainly seems like possibly mania, possibly down the road, you're going to have Bad Bunny and Damian Priest in some kind of angle with the Miz and Morrison. So that seems to be I, where I, they're building that moment. My notes were Bad Bunny is the love child of Conan and Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you're right. I think this, we're, we're, we haven't seen the last of him. Yeah. Now, you did have uh, following that, 
Um, number 16 was Riddle. Uh, by the way, for those that haven't noticed, it's Riddle, not Matt Riddle. Vince McMahon's war on first names took another victim. So, so how did Bobby Lashley get his first name? Because he was Bobby Lashley, then he was Lashley, now he's Bobby Lashley. Yeah, the, the, some people get to keep their first names. Um, so Sometimes you, you, you lose them, get them back, if you remember. Cesaro lost his, Neville yeah, lost An- his. Antonio Cesaro, you had uh, Elias Sampson, the drifter, who's now just Elias. Elias. Um, obviously, Bobby Lashley got Bobby back. He got his Bobby back, yeah. Yeah, you had... Um, uh, who was the other one? Uh, there was, uh, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank, but I remember there being somebody else who lost their first name for a while and then got it back kind of out of the blue. Um, but we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe it has to do with the Hurt Business because Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander both have first names. Right. So maybe maybe being in the Hurt Business, you get your first name back. But um, it was, it was maybe Gable you're thinking of? Did Chad Gable lose his name? Yeah, because he, he went from... Chad Gable to Gable to Shorty G back to Chad Gable. You're right. Okay. I think it is Chad right. Gable I'm thinking of. Um, which, by the way, uh, if you're going to get rid of ba- of first names, poor buddy Murphy, who's just Murphy. Uh, Murphy doesn't really strike me as a wrestling name, but whatever. Murphy's uh, like a bartender. It, yeah, I mean, who's, you know, you ain't going to be intimidated by somebody named Murphy. At least no, Riddle Murphy. has somewhat of a sound to it. But right. Riddle comes out. He does some great exchanges. Um Obviously, I think he had some great striking moments. You know, Riddle is a phenomenal athlete, and I think he he kind of had his spot. Uh, number eighteen appearing in his eighteenth Royal Rumble was Kane. Glenn Jacobs taking a break from being mayor of Knox County just to travel down to Florida. Um, he eliminated a couple people. Obviously, still in great shape. Um, I mean, we all know the hairs attached to the mask, but doesn't matter. Who cares? It's Kane. Uh, that, I'll tell you what, though, that, that elimination spot on Ricochet, where Kane chokeslammed Ricochet on the apron, that looked bad. I mean, not yeah. not looked bad as in it was poorly done. I mean, that looked like that hurt. That was a yeah. hell of a bump Ricochet took. Uh, speaking of blast from the past, number 23, we got the Hurricane. He does the uh, famous double chokeslam spot. You remember from years ago, he tried to do that spot with uh, Stone Cold and Triple H. Is it work that time? He didn't look that good. I, I have a note that he, he swallowed one too many moon pies. He just looked a little bit chunky there. Yeah, well, Shane, Shane Helms has always been a, a smaller guy, so any of that, that older age weight gain. But here, okay, at this point, Benny, we're about two-thirds of the way through the Rumble. What were your thoughts at this point? Again, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, now, in my mind, if you remember, my pick was The Rock. Yes. So I'm thinking like he's coming. He's got to be, you know, he's he's on his way. So I'm just kind of in my mind, I'm just counting down till I see the rock. But of course, that didn't happen. Right. Well, um, the the moment that uh, it's it's moments like this that it's a shame that there is an empty arena because I could only imagine how a live crowd would have would have reacted uh, following the hurricane. Number 24 was Christian returning. Uh, he had that 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 street fight slash match with Orton, but he has not been in an actual match in in, in several years. Right. Uh, same thing. He 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 took the injury retirement. Uh, I it's a shame. That's one of those moments that's wasted on an empty building. And watching, especially him and Edge hugging in the ring, 
just phenomenal moment. It's I really shame. that was one of the high spots of the whole the whole. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's a shame, and, and you had the um, the the team held no Daniel Bryan and Kane hug, but it was not the same thing. Short lived. Huge pop, yeah. Before Kane chokes landed him, huge pop. Uh, and Christian looks in great shape. Seeing him back, and he went. He could. He this rumble. He went. He wasn't that hugging the bottom rope road dog old man. He he went. Now, uh, following uh, uh, between twenty four and twenty seven, uh, Almas uh, AJ Styles henchman. He had a good spot where he eliminated Big E like straight from the floor. Just reached up and pulled him out of the ring. I thought that was great. Um, they, he did the same thing with uh, Mysterio at number 27. You had Sheamus come in. Now, at this point, I noted that the match started to pick up again. You always have that kind of slower middle part of the match where you're starting to build your roster back up of men in the ring. Uh, Sheamus comes out, heavy fight, almost eliminates Mysterio. Uh, Cesaro had the great moment with Sheamus. Cesaro came out at 28. The bar, the brief bar reunion, they had their... Short-lived. Uh, well, it was also the moment, remember, shame, they were kind of fighting everybody, and then they back-to-back bump, you know, you do that, hey, hey, same time kind of fight. Um, then it gets a little interesting, because at this point, I know you're waiting for The Rock, but uh, 29, Seth Rollins. Uh, now, Seth Rollins came out, he had his usual swagger, they talked about him being the Messiah, which I seriously mm-hmm. hope he's done with that gimmick. Um but I, I couldn't tell how he was going to go. I, my note was heel or face question mark. But something else I also noted, maybe it was because I, I mentioned a few picks ago or a few uh, entrants ago that the match felt like it was picking up. But when Rollins came out and they announced number 29, it felt fast. It, I, I, I didn't go back and retime it, but it certainly felt like those were not 90 second intervals. They were trying to make time. If you remember the, uh, the, Ma- the Royal Rumble, Shawn Michaels won eliminating the British Bulldog that there was gaps of as low as 45 seconds between entrance. They were just pumping people out right. the shortest rumble. So uh, then number 30, sorry, Benny, your pick was wrong. Yep. No rock. It was Braun Strowman. Uh, Braun came out, he cleaned house. I, <laughs> He had a great moment where he threw AJ Styles over the rope. Almas caught him, put him back in the ring. Braun Strowman went to throw him out again, saw where Almas was standing, and threw him the other way. He so Almas couldn't yeah. catch him in time. I like that, yeah. I thought that moment was great. So then you have some clearing house. You got you're 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 down to your final five. You got uh now at this point, obviously the group gets together, you eliminate the big target, there's more scrapping. You got five men left. You got Riddle, Daniel Bryan, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, Edge, and Christian. And, of course, Orton, who we all knew was coming back eventually. So here you are, Benny. 30 men in, five men left. Riddle, Bryan, uh, Braun, Rollins, Edge, Christian. What were your thoughts at this point in the match? Um, well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about you know Daniel Bryan winning. So I'm thinking, well, he's still in there. He's got a good shot. But, you know, like you said, in the back of my mind is – you know that that Randy Orton's coming back, so I kind of figured it came back. It would come down to them too. Yeah. Um, now, if you remember, I said Daniel Bryan was my pick. Yes. My dark horse was Edge when they made such a big stink about him declaring for the Rumble. Um, the moment I knew Daniel Bryan started getting the camera focused on him, 
He started beating people up in the corners. He was doing the kicks to Braun. At that moment, I, I was watching with my wife. I told her, I said, he's gone. Like, you don't focus on somebody when there's five people left. You know he's got to be the next right. one out. Camera pans. There's Seth Rollins under the behind, uh, who had rolled out of the bottom under the bottom rope, watching Daniel Bryan. Damn it! Here he comes. Curb stomp. Daniel's gone. Riddle's gone. You got uh, that, and you so you start having these moments now. You're building up. Christian's gone, and then there's Edge by himself. He, he eliminates the last man. You think he's got it. Orton comes in. Who, let's be honest, we both knew that was coming. Right. Bam, hits hits the RKO, goes to throw Edge out. Edge reverses it. Orton over the top rope from the number one spot. Edge wins. Uh, I mean, just an amazing moment. They say he lasted almost an hour. And just phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Um, so at this point, Benny, uh, I'll let you the first thought here edge wins the rumble what, what are your thoughts there i mean he certainly he certainly earned it he i mean and the guy i think he's what 47 years old he's 47 you you wouldn't know it i mean the guy is i mean he's still in great shape i mean he, he can still go i mean i don't think he's a whole lot different than the edge of like 12 years ago exactly and i mean obviously he can still cut the promos but i mean there's no noticeable decline in his performance where, I mean, he's still a very believable character. So I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I, I've always liked him. And, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're, you know, they're still fueling the fire of his, you know, maybe his last run here. Yeah. No, they, um, they definitely built it up. And I think regardless of what happens, I think you're right. I think he earned it. It doesn't feel like, a Batista moment where the part old part-timer comes back and wins. I didn't um, look at it that way. I no, I didn't either. And and something to note is Edge is 47. There are several big names on the roster, including AJ Styles, who's regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the world, who are over the age of 40. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, 1992 Royal Rumble, Ric Flair wins the vacant WWF title. Uh, top the after Hulk Hogan and and he eliminates Sid uh Sid Justice Ric Flair was 42 43, 43 yeah, he, yeah yeah Edge is only four years older than Ric Flair was right. in 1992 nobody th said Ric Flair's too old you know people don't look at AJ Styles and think he, this guy's a fossil well, Randy know? Orton's I think what 41 yeah Ra Randy Orton John Cena but at his peak he was he was 40 right you know um you have I, I I don't I don't like I've seen some of the criticism already. Um, people are oh they're they're you know so little faith in their in their main roster to put the title on a part timer or put their, or give the win to the part timer. I think depend you've got if there's anybody anybody in the last ten years who deserves to go out on top for what they've done it's Edge. He he had his career cut short. He had the great return. Uh, I mean, this was a guy who they weren't sure would be fully mobile when they finished with his neck surgery, and he wrestles again 10 years later. Um, depending on what you do, personally, I think, based on where Raw is going, I think Edge is going to end up challenging Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to do spear versus spear. I just think... Mm, excuse me. I just think that 
you have how to word this. You have uh, with Kevin Owens losing, you've pretty much Roman Reigns has pretty much gone through the main faces of SmackDown. Now's the time to bring in the scruffy fighter. I'm here to tell if you are going to prove that you're the chief, you are going to beat the best man they've got. Um, plus, I think Edge versus Roman Reigns would be a great match. Absolutely. I think that's where they're going to go with it. And if you're going to do it that way, Edge is the right person. Yeah, I mean, will he win? Uh, I, I don't think so, but will it be a great match? Absolutely. Yeah, it's certainly... I mean, I could see them putting the title on Edge for one last short run, but I think Roman Reigns' character works better as the conquering champion who just always seems to come out on top. But yeah, I mean, you had... I thought it was a great rumble. Um, personally, I, we both agreed. We talked about this before the show. I liked the women's rumble better, but that doesn't mean this was a bad match. Uh, if that was, if that match was, you know, four stars, this is 3.9. Um, you had some great moments. You had great returns. Carlito, uh, Damian Priest call up. He looked like a million bucks, which is the other thing I think worth noting is even with Edge winning this match, Damian Priest is now an established star. Riddle is now in a stat. He, you prove that he can carry his weight. You've got Braun as a dominant threat. Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, still. You, you just having Edge win this match doesn't mean you didn't build any younger talent. Right. You, I, I think they did a great job with it. Um, I think it's worth noting, and I mentioned it on the, uh, I mentioned it on the on the fan page that the story is this was entirely not Vince McMahon. Um, this this pay-per-view, these events that are that have been coming out, um, not that he's passing the, the torch per se, but he was he's getting more and more hands off. This rumble was entire 100% run by Triple H from what the stories are being reported. Now I don't know how true that is, but it certainly felt like a different product. Um, so be interesting to see. I, I think they did a great job, like you said. You know, they didn't really take away from anybody. I mean, you know, they, they edge won. But, I mean, it, I don't think it really detracted from anybody. You know, you have right. now you have Seth Rollins back. Um, I don't think really you t really took a whole lot away from Daniel Bryan either. Uh, on the women's side, you know, you, you definitely, you, you, you hyped uh, Matt Riddle. You brought, you, 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 you know, you, rate, you elevated him. Um, you know, you elevated Rhea Repley. I just think you did a lot for a lot of different people, and I don't think you really took away from anybody. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think your big names, your your Daniel Bryan's, your Seth Rollins, your your top women with Charlotte and and uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks. I don't think anybody left this show looking worse. Right. But you have a lot of talent that left this show looking better. You've got people who you've built, and if maybe you're not going to catapult them to the top, but your mid card now looks better. I can think of half a dozen people who are credible threats to Big E's title, well, you've, you've, or credible threats to go after right. Lashley now. You you've know, definitely you, elevated got, Bianca Belair. You know, it, you, exactly. You definitely elevated Rhea, throw, Rhea Ripley. If you want to throw a couple of these people together and make some tag teams, you might be right. able to build up one or two other stories. I think they did a great job. Uh, my final grade for the show, I gave it a B plus, which is great considering the quality of wrestling over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it and it certainly makes me want to watch it, want to continue watching. 
What are your final I gave, thoughts? I gave, it a, I gave it a solid B. You know, I, I kind of, my first reaction was, you know, they followed the playbook too closely. Um, and, you know, my the two picks that I got wrong was, uh, one was that, uh, you know, Goldberg did not win and then Miz did not cash in. Yeah. So I, lost, I, 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 you know, I messed that one. And then also that, um, that The Rock didn't show up. So I can, my first reaction was, you know, nothing spectacular. But, you know, when I really thought about it, it's like they did do they They accomplished a lot. They, they, they built some people up. They didn't really knock anybody down. And they didn't have, I mean, you don't really have to establish all the storylines for WrestleMania. You have to just start laying the foundation. I think, and I did, I think they did a really good job with that. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you got plenty of uh, wrestling coming up. Benny, uh, what are your what are your final thoughts, parting words as we as we wrap the show up tonight? Well, you know, I, I mean, the, the 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 thing about watching that though is it really I was very pleasantly surprised in that you know I like I said I haven't watched a lot lately, um, but that show you know it, it made me want to watch more, which I think is a good thing. It made oh, me want to follow the buildup to WrestleMania. What are they going to do next? Or, you know, what's going to happen, you know, with Rhea Ripley and maybe Alexa Bliss? Are they going to do that? I mean, now now that Alexa, Alexa Bliss may not feud with Asuka, who's Asuka going to feud with? So, I mean, it really, it, it, it started establishing angles for WrestleMania, but it's still left enough to the, to, you know, to the doubt where you're going to come back for more. Exactly. The, the famous, as they love to call it, road to WrestleMania started... Sunday night, and for the first time in a while, it's a road I'm pretty excited to ride down, they, and let's see how it goes. Right, and they started paving it, but they didn't have to build the whole road in one night. Exactly, and that's the key, is you 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 build your stories over time, you bring that emotional investment, and as long as the wrestling quality continues, I, I think you've got something serious there, and and as we said now, you know, we, we could talk all we want about the, the ratings versus 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, but SmackDown versus Raw's ratings, you can see where the stories are going, and I'm excited to keep watching. So, I'm very curious to see what Raw's ratings were for you know for last night, and then I, I have the feeling they're going to start picking up. Oh yeah, I, I believe I believe they'll get that 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 uh, pay per view bump. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, we've all said a lot today, and I know we've covered uh, our reviews. We weren't 100 percent on our predictions. We were pretty good. Maybe next time. Not uh, enough for the swami turban, but you know, close enough. Yeah, well, uh, maybe maybe I'll put my predictions in a uh, hermetically sealed mayonnaise jar next time. Now, how about the Super Bowl? We got to do that real quick. Oh yeah, good call. Uh, this weekend, Super Bowl. Um, what do you think, Benny? Who, who's your pick? Well, you know, it's right in my backyard, probably about twenty-eight miles from my house, and you got Tom Brady, and it's a great story, and you know, everything would say that Tom Brady should win the Super Bowl, but I'm picking the Chiefs, thirty-four to twenty-one. Thirty-four twenty-one. Okay, yes, sir. Uh, that's you know that's mildly close uh, to what I was thinking. Um, it certainly feels, and, and I'm not one for crazy conspiracies, but it certainly feels like the NFL nudged the Tom Brady story along with some of their. He, he got a little bit of a push. Yep. He yeah, got, they gave him. They gave that car a little bit of a jump start. Um, but I'm the same way. I'm with you. I think you can't bet against Andy Reid after a buy. You just can't. And not and, with Mahomes and all his. No, and, and I think. The, the story of Tom Brady winning without Belichick is great. I'd much rather see the story of Patrick Mahomes cementing himself as the new, as the current goat or whatever you want to call him right. by vanquishing Tom Brady. 
and, and he'll get the credibility that an Eli Manning never would by beating Brady. Uh, no offense to Eli. I Again, I pick the Chiefs. I think it'll be a little closer than what you said. I think maybe 30-20, somewhere in okay. there. I think I'd say Chiefs by at least a touchdown. All righty. But yeah, um, for those those out there listening and watching, uh, we, we now have the new fan page on Facebook. In the Ring with Dan and Benny, we're on Facebook. Uh, we'll be here talking wrestling every week for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. I'm Dan Spasciano. This has been In the Ring with Dan and Benny on the Wrestling with the Future Network. As always, happy wrestling, everybody. Have a good night.